Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hard Count Football Podcast Live. My name is Jacob Charno, and I am excited to be leading the next generation of football fans live on YouTube and Twitch with Chris Landry Football. On the show today, we have a special guest and host of the Are You Serious podcast, Blake Rafino, in a little bit to talk about how the football world might be affected if there is no college football and what we can expect out of some of the top rookies in the NFL this season. We have a whole lot to talk about today, so let's get right into it. We are less than a month away from hopefully the start of football on September 13th when the Texans play against the Chiefs. Speaking of the Chiefs, they just paid their tight end Travis Kelsey on a four-year contract extension worth $57.25 million with a with $28 million guaranteed. This was obviously extremely smart for the Chiefs since Kelsey is one of the biggest threats on that offense and works well with everything that they're doing there. In the last two seasons, he has had 200 receptions, over 2,500 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns, so it is obviously well-deserved. But how does Kansas City, how are they able to pay all these players? Let's take a look at some of the players that they're paying right now. So Patrick Mahomes, there are the, all these guys, they're all making crazy money. And, you know, after we take a look at this, the reason the Chiefs win is because they keep all their best players around. I'm unsure how the Chiefs actually have all this money. I don't know what bank they're using, but all I know is that they are paying these guys and they're going to keep on winning. Patrick Mahomes making absolute bank and all the other star players on their team are getting paid nicely as well. San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle got paid as well. The Niners made him the highest paid tight end in history and a five-year $75 million contract extension. Kittle Obviously, absolutely deserves it as well. Not only is he a threat receiving, he had 85 receptions and over 1,000 receiving yards and five touchdowns, but he's also probably the best blocking tight end in the entire league. I mean, it's a great time to be a tight end since tight ends are being utilized and appreciated now more than they ever have before. Also, the Packers signed, the Packers extended Kenny Clark on a four-year, $70 million deal to keep him around. And Clark, uh, he's been really good for the Packers defense, and he's young, and he, I don't even think he's reached his prime yet. I'm sure the Packers are more than happy to keep him around for a while longer. Defensive end Everson Griffin signed a one-year, $6 million contract with the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys weren't even one of the teams that were reported to be interested in Griffin. Uh, we thought probably he would either end up with the Seahawks or the Packers or back with the Vikings, who he had been with for the last 10 years. Even though he has been in the league 10 years, his play certainly did not decline last season. Uh, he played, he, I mean, he eight sacks, 41 tackles. The Seahawks and Packers were, they were very loudly interested and in doing their work to bring him in. But Jerry Jones was secretly reeling him into Dallas. Now, looking at the Cowboys, I mean, they are clearly in a win-now mode. They're trying to figure out this year if Dak will be a long-term Cowboy, and they'll find out this year if he will be because they have surrounded him with the best possible weapons in Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup at receiver. They have Zeke in the backfield. You know, the Cowboys' defense will probably also be really good this year. Obviously, they missed out on Jamal Adams. They were hoping they could bring him in, but... Coming off the edge now, they have Demarcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin, and that is going to be a ridiculous thing for offensive lines to try and stop. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, we've seen him at the league over the last few years, and we've seen Everson Griffin dominate. It's going to be tough to have both the left and the right side defending that. I mean, they have talented linebackers, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. They drafted Trayvon Diggs to try and fill that hole that Byron Jones left. This will be the best possible year for the Cowboys to not only win the NFC East, 
but to make a deep run in the playoffs as well. Obviously, they have Mike McCarthy now, who has shown over his career that he knows how to win. The Seahawks released undrafted rookie cornerback Kima Severand after he was caught on security cameras attempting to sneak a woman into the team hotel dressed as one of the players. Clearly, the execution was not there for a plan that seemed like it took five minutes to create. Like These NFL players, they're huge men, and it would be so obvious that this woman that you're bringing in obviously doesn't have the same physique as these NFL players, or at least I would hope she doesn't. I mean, good on the Seahawks for releasing him since he clearly has priorities that he thinks are bigger than football. They said, the Seahawks, okay, you can prioritize this woman you want to bring in, but you sure as hell aren't going to do it as a Seahawk. It's a stupid move by this guy, especially when you're starting a career. And right now, and it creates a much higher risk to a team that is trying to stay healthy and safe and try to win a Super Bowl next year. Now, let's talk about something that I haven't really talked about yet on the show or at all, which is fantasy football. I'm actually a big fantasy football guy. Love drafting. Gives me something to root for other than my Jets when I watch football because that's extremely disappointing. So since the season is less than a month away, the next few weeks are the times when people start drafting their fantasy teams. And this should be a very interesting time for fantasy football since there will be players who test positive for COVID and protocols will be different. We don't know. You know, a guy who hasn't gotten injured his entire career has been very reliable in fantasy. He might get COVID this year, might not be as reliable. We don't know how that's going to affect things. So in case your first round pick happens to get COVID or gets injured, let's go through some of my top sleeper picks for the, uh, going into this year and why I think that they can definitely help your fantasy team. So starting off, I have Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson, and I think I mentioned him on every single show I do because I just think he's really that good. You know, Hawkinson is a guy very vocal about him when it comes to his potential and talent. I had him as one of my sleepers last year, sleepers last year, but he had some injuries, only ended up starting seven games, so he couldn't really get off the ground at all. Definitely didn't help his cause because he didn't have Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. He had David Blau, which, oh my God. Now, going into his second year, getting Stafford back. You know, we know the Lions like to use their tight ends. We've seen it. I mean, Eric Ebron. Uh, yeah, when Eric Ebron was there, they used him a crazy amount. They, they wanted to use Hawkinson this year. Couldn't, got hurt. Hawkinson's going in rounds 9 to 10 right now. So being able to snag him up for your team definitely could be huge for your tight end spot, which is a spot that, you know, usually there's not a lot of players who produce fantasy-wise at tight end. So, yeah, another tight end right here. Broncos tight end Noah Fant is another guy who I really like. Um, he only started 11 games last year, had 40 receptions, 562 receiving yards with three touchdowns. With so many possible weapons for their hopeful future franchise quarterback, Drew Locke, to have. I mean, they have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Fant could definitely be a guy who kind of goes under the radar and is kind of, and he goes under the radar in a lot of drafts and he can produce big for your team as a kind of a third guy on this Broncos offense. Next up, I have Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, he continues to go unnoticed by a lot of people because he constantly gets overshadowed by Julio Jones. Ridley, he only started 10 games last year and still put up 63 receptions for over 800 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. He's going to continue to be overshadowed by Julio this year. So I would take Ridley in an instant to be on my team. You know, there's a possibility he busts and gets hurt again, but there's also the possibility that he booms and he does really well. Another wide receiver, I have the Steelers wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. I, you know, I've said a lot of times I don't believe Juju Smith-Schuster is a reliable wide receiver one for the Steelers. He basically disappeared on the field last year, and without AB, Juju was lining up against that team's best corner. 
I'd also I don't want to hear the argument that he had two backup quarterbacks throwing the ball that last year because I mean Kenny Galladay had David Blau who was worse than both Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and he put up almost 1,200 receiving yards compared to Juju's embarrassing 550 receiving yards for the season. Deontay Johnson definitely has the opportunity to step up this year and be the best receiving unit on this team and absolutely be better than Juju. Moving on to some running backs, I have uh, Washington football team running back Antonio Gibson being a guy that I really like this year. You know, Antonio Gibson, he kind of rem- he reminds me a bit of Austin Eckler last year. You know, a receiving back that people were concerned about the, the amount of snaps he's getting because, you know, he, they think there's another guy getting most of the snaps there. Antonio Gibson is going to be the guy this year. Adrian Peterson will not be the main guy. Gibson will take over as the main back for this team since, you know, we saw what happened with Darius guys, all this stuff. He's obviously not on the team anymore. He can get, especially in PPR leagues, Antonio Gibson, he can get you receiving yards, catches, and rushing yards. I like it. Next up, Rams running back Cam Akers. Love love Cam Akers. I haven't heard actually a lot about Cam Akers since he was a second-round pick in this year's draft, but he is going to be the guy in the Rams' backfield. The Rams obviously lost Todd Gurley this offseason, so they – I mean, they definitely drafted Cam Akers to be a starter. That would only make sense. The Rams have a really good offensive line. So whatever running back is put back there is in the best possible position for them to succeed. With Akers probably getting most of the workload, I would be more than happy snagging Akers in the late rounds. So now my quarterback spot, I have Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady as a guy. So I can <laughs> Tom Brady has never been a reliable fantasy quarterback, and there are people who would never take Tom Brady in a draft and refuse to even associate Tom Brady and fantasy football, and that has been because of Tom Brady being in the system of New England. They love running the ball, and they've just run a very normal offense. They never surrounded him with the weapons that he needs. Now Brady is in Tampa Bay under Bruce Arians' offense where we know he loves to throw the ball, and I think he can finally shine as a reliable fantasy guy this year. He has more weapons than he's ever had, and we know that Bruce Arians is more than okay with his quarterback throwing the ball. We saw with Jameis Winston last year. They don't have a fantastic running back with Ronald Jones, so we don't know how much they're going to be running the ball. I think Brady will be throwing the ball a lot, and, I mean, he has Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, a bunch of weapons to throw to. They couldn't surra- They couldn't put him in a better position. They're upgrading their offensive line. I, I I think Brady could be a very reliable pick. I think he's going to throw more yards, more touchdowns than he ever has before. And yeah, so those are my sleeper picks for fantasy football this year. Once again, this is the Hard Count Football Podcast. My name is Jacob Charno, leading the next generation of football fans live on YouTube and Twitch with the Landry Football Network. Please help spread the word as you can catch this show on the on the Chris Landry Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Football. And you can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch this show on chrislandryfootball.com where all of this information is there for you. Now, I'm excited to bring on my guest for today. He is the host of the Are You Serious podcast. Please welcome Blake Rafino. Blake, what is up? How are you? What's up, man? What's up, Jacob? With the best hair in LandryFootball.com history, <laughs> Jacob Charnow. What's happening, bro? I'm Not trying much. to be like you. I got a new I got a new lineup. See, I'm trying to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, Blake, the Big Ten, Pac-12, and Mountain West have all canceled their college football seasons due to COVID-19, but hope to move the season to the spring. How do you think they will achieve this with the draft currently being scheduled for April 29th to May 1st? They won't. I mean, it's simple. They they won't. I, this uh, going to a spring season is absolutely ridiculous to me. I think it's a, a joke, Jacob. Quite honestly, you're 
you're having Big Ten intramural games, right, in, in, in the Big Ten schools, but you can't have college football. Some things are starting to come out now that the, the Big Ten and, and other doctors are coming out saying that testing could be a lot cheaper, which makes this a lot different. But the Big Ten and the Pac-12 alike never did this. The ACC, SEC, and, uh, ACC, SEC, and Big 12 came out and said, well, look, we want to see your, your, what your doctors are saying, and they're still not giving that information because, quite frankly, it's the same information that we've had for a very long time on what uh, Meyer, Meyer Dicker, I don't know how you say it, <laughs> the heart issues with COVID-19, how that goes about when you do get COVID or a virus. It's been here for a while. People have known about it. I've had, I, we talked to a doctor. And a doctor actually called into one of the shows and said, look, it's been here and we've known about it since 2007, 2008, and we have really focused it in athletes. So I don't really know, Jacob, what's going to happen there, but I think that they pulled the plug a little too quickly, um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Now, some states, look, I get it. Some states and some schools can't afford this, and that is qu quite frankly okay. We get that. But you're, what you're telling kids is, look, we can have kids back on campus. We can have your murals, but you can't play college football. It's a little uh, hypocritical, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think they definitely I think they definitely could have waited with this. I mean, the thing that football had that a lot of other a lot of these other leagues didn't have was was time to figure out what they were doing, because the NBA, their season just got cut short. The MLB, they got delayed. They had to figure it out immediately. And I think that the NFL should, or NFL college football, football in general, could have probably taken from what these other leagues were doing. And I think they mm -hmm. took more from the MLB, which was kind of, that's kind of the league that's not thriving right now under all this. Yeah. And so we'll see how, I mean, maybe they well, can figure something to tell, out. To tell you what, I think that I, I kind of, I don't, I don't know if I really agree with the statement. I know that there's a narrative, okay, that the MLB is not doing well. I, I say BS. Because, quite frankly, you're having people test positive for COVID-19 in an open world. No one's getting extremely sick. No one's, you know, God forbid, passing away. And everything's going okay. The, you know, a doctor for the SEC came out and said, listen, we're not going to be able to stop these kids from getting COVID-19. It's the world. You're right. not going to be able to stop it. Look, if I go to uh, geometry, okay, and someone's sitting next to me and is asymptomatic, I can't protect myself from that. So I think that the MLB, in my opinion, has done very well because, look, you're going on planes, you're going on trips, and you have a lot of people that you're bringing with you. Yes, have there been a lot of COVID-positive tests? Yes. But they're still doing okay. Teams are back playing baseball. And I think that's where people are sitting back and saying, well, you know what? They're kind of succeeding in this environment to an extent. The UFC just put on another fight last night that was fantastic. They have been do they have perfected this and get, and here's the difference with all this they have people coming from around the world right. to do this so I, I think that these teams and the Big Ten and these these presidents and the Pac-12 and alike really didn't have a, a backbone and and re and rushed to a decision Jacob and it, it's it's really it's it's looking bad on them because what's going to happen when the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC they go out and they have a they have a season. It's going to leave a very black eye on them for a very long time. Yeah, so I'm going to assume that it's going to be extremely hard for any of these college any of any of these colleges to go forward with their season after. I mean, if they're really if they're, they're jumping to, they're jumping to 
solutions way too quickly. I think that what's probably going to end up happening is they're just going to cancel most of college football. I, I mean, I can't, I can't see a world which they don't fold and actually, I mean, they want to play, but I, I don't really know if they're going to. Well, Jacob, you know, here's the difference with this though. You've had these kids on college campuses for three months. Okay, so you've had kids in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that have tested positive for COVID-19. So if they're testing positive now and you're not shutting it down completely, what's the difference of them going out on the field and hitting? What's the difference of them going out and playing games? I think in the South, it's a little different. I mean, I'm here and you're you're up in the Northeast. You know, like it's different down here. Okay, look, they were even more mad at the Big Ten and the Pac-12 than the Big Ten and the Pac-12 was fans were themselves. Okay, I think that it's just a regional thing, a lot of this. But to I think to me and a lot of people, there's absolutely no difference. There goes my dog. Sorry, Jacob. Okay. <laughs> but there's absolutely no difference if you're hitting each other on the field or if you're at practice. Guys are going to test positive. Oklahoma just had nine people test positive when campus came home. Guess what they all were? asymptomatic so i mean at some point you have to come to a determining conclusion okay that you're not going to protect everybody and it's going okay you can't be hypocritical and say look we're going to keep you on campus for three whole months and then when it's time for us to go on the field you cancel it you're not going to be able to do that and here's one last thing on this on this part jacob why aren't the presidents coming out and speaking you're hiding behind a conference commissioner and saying, you go out, you're the scapegoat. Now, Larry Scott in the Pac-12, I mean, he's been really bad for a very long time. But you're the scapegoat and go and do it. No one's putting the stamp in their name to this. It's hard for me to, 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 to determine if, if the Ohio State president, who is new, if this is her first act as the new acting president of that university to cancel college football at Ohio State. Why don't, you, why don't we let them make a statement? Why haven't they made a statement? And I think it's because they would have backlash from all their fans and players. Oh, for sure. So let's pretend that we're, we're in a world where there is no college football. How much harder is it as a scout to find all these under-the-radar talents that have shown to be franchise talents once they're in the NFL? I mean, that's a great question for Chris Landry. Um, difficult in today's society? I don't know. I mean, because you have – from recruiting in high school until college and until the NFL, there's not a lot of guys that completely go unmissed. Okay. You know, I, I'm very close with a scout or former scout who's now with the Texans. He used to tell me, man, I used to go to division three games and he used to be with the Patriots and all these different teams. And he was like, man, it's really hard for us to miss somebody, you know, when we get all of their background from high school to college, but here's the difference and why I think it's not so much different, but what could have happened. Joe Burrow was a sixth to seventh round pick last year. He was the number one overall pick. I don't think that's as big of a deal as a Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If I would have told you right now, today, a year ago, that, listen, not only is Clyde Edwards-Alaire going to be a first-round pick, but the only running back to be picked in the first round, you would have laughed at me because that's what college football is. Patrick Queen from LSU doing the same thing. There's a lot of guys that moved up these draft boards because of a season. What I could see, Jacob, not so much as you miss somebody, but let's say that the Big 12 in the SEC and the ACC play. Well, your, your, your film and, and scouts are going to see your recent film and a kid that does not play, he's going to go up. Those kids are going to go down. That's what I think is going to happen more because if you have a kid like a, like a Joe Burrow, that I mean, I don't think anyone's going to do what Joe did last season. 
But if you do have that meteoric rise in today in college football, which is going to be big this year, I think when they play, TV reigns are going to just be out of the roof. That's what I think is going to happen more as kids not being seen, as more as kids uh, uh, rising up on draft boards. Yeah, I think that uh, if there's no – well, yes, for sure. But there have been a lot of guys like – I mean, Adam Thielen went undrafted. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys this year who – probably don't get the opportunity that they would have if all training camps and everything were normal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of guys that probably won't make the team that I think would have in a normal season. I mean, how do you think that uh, maybe a guy I'm thinking for the jets, like Lawrence Kager or someone Andrew, like that, yep. who mm-hmm. they probably would have gotten a chance if it was a normal season, they might not get a chance going into this year. I don't know. I mean, it's a great question. I mean, there's not really a good answer. I mean, it's a fantastic question that I don't, I can't give you the answer to, you know, like because I'm not in there. Um, the only thing that I could think of, okay, is that some of these people are probably going to test positive, okay? When they test positive, do, does these kids come back and get their chance? I think that that's more of a hypothetical scenario when they of that happening because people are going to be out for two weeks. Um, but to, the answer to your question, man, is I don't have one. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to be able to do because it's kind of all up in the air. Look, if you would have asked me a week ago today, now we went live because I had a feeling it was going to happen. But if if you would have asked me a week ago today if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were going to cancel, I thought the Pac-12 would, but I didn't think the Pac- the Big Ten would. So a lot of things change in a matter of time. If this new test by the FDA, which was approved with the saliva test, and it reduced a lot of costs you might see a lot of these people start coming back and, and being in training camps because of the fact that you can test more more frequently and for a lot cheaper. So that's something that I'm going to be watching out for, for sure. Yeah, so North Dakota State canceled their football season, which means quarterback Trey Lance will have to make a very important decision. Do you think that he's going to go play like elsewhere and maybe a conference that is playing? Or do you think he's just going to – what do you think will be the headline for Trey Lance come draft day? What do you think is going to end up happening? Well, it's interesting because I talked to a coach here at LSU and I talked to a coach at Ole Miss this past week, and he—they both told me that, you know, they've been reached out, to, they've been reached out by coaches in Pac-12 and Big Ten schools for a senior that needs to play and get some more film, but they don't have the spots. I think that there would be a team that could go do that. LSU does have a roster spot that they're kind of waiting for. Okay, they only signed 24 kids last year; they can bring in. Another one, I know that some other SEC schools SEC schools can do that. I don't think that a lot of teams at this late in the game have a spot. So if he does it in a very, very limited power five, where does he go? And that's the – I mean, I, do I think that he can find a spot? Yes. Do I think that he goes and, and finds a team this late in the game? I don't know, and I don't think so. I think it would be very tough for him. What's today? August 16th. You know, you have a little bit more than a month. So that's going to be tough because you're going to have to go pick a team. You're going to have to go to a team. And here's the bad thing, too, Jacob. What if these teams don't play? What if if college football is is canceled? And so it's it's tough for me to say that he will. If I had to bet right now, I'd say that he wouldn't. I think the smart thing for him would be to probably go hire an agent, get ready for the combine and things like that. But – I don't know what else he really has to prove in the COVID-19 season, um, but he might. I know that we've talked a lot about Justin Fields, too. Look, it's going to be very scary for a a kid that only has one year of film and starting film 
if I'm a if I'm a GM or a head coach, I'm like, look, he's talented, but he only had one season. Is this a Mitch Trubisky type of deal here? So it, it's a very interesting topic to have. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it, especially when it comes to Trey Lance, even if he were to go later in the draft, sometimes that helped because the later you go in the draft, obviously, the more of a better team function, the better team you're going to be on, more of a functional mm-hmm. team. I, I think it might be better for Trey Lance to just maybe if he doesn't play this year, go later in the first round because I think he's still going to mm-hmm. be a first round talent. If, if go later in the first round to a better team that might need a quarterback a team like New England who could still definitely win games this year and have a, a mid-20s draft pick. Uh, I mean, it, here's it, a question that I, I threw out, Jacob, and I threw out the other day, okay? what have, Let's say he does not play, okay? And let's say that the SEC does and Kyle Trask goes off for the University of Florida. Does Kyle Trask go over him? He, pro- he more than likely will. So that's what he's going to have to worry about and look into. You know, for example, the Saints – we all anticipate the Saints having a late round, uh, first round pick. Okay, we expect them to go to the playoffs. They need a quarterback and bad. If yeah. Kyle Trask goes off, who do you pick? The kid that just you know, let's say that Kyle Trask and Florida win the SEC. Do you pick Kyle Trask or do you pick do you pick Lance? I think that that's a problem and what he has to consider and why you could see Lance fall. I think that a lot of these teams, Jacob, that are not playing college football this season. And teams that other the, these other teams that do, they're gonna slip. I just don't see a scenario where you you that does not happen. And I'm using Kyle Trask. I don't think that he's a better quarterback than Lance, especially right now. But some of these teams, man, I mean, it's just probably what they're gonna do. So I do agree with you. I do like that. That's a very good point. That you know he could fall later on. Look, uh, Dak Prescott, who was the best quarterback in the SEC when he was coming out. He fell to the Cowboys in, in later rounds. I know it was some off-the-field issues, but who would want not want to go to the Cowboys at that scenario? Right. It's a good point. Yeah, so let's talk a bit about some of the rookies from this year's draft class. So here's what, mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go through some of the biggest rookie question marks going into this year, and you tell me you know, what we can realistically expect from them. Good? Perfect, yep. So start off, let's go number one overall pick to the Cincinnati Bengals, quarterback Joe Burrow right out of LSU. What are your thoughts? What is he going to do this year? Look, I, uh, I'm i a little uh, – how do I say this without getting emotional? <laughs> I'm a li- You know, LSU struggled a lot, and I have a sweet spot for Joe Burrow, you know, being an LSU guy, a guy that covered LSU. Realistically, I don't think we should expect a lot, okay? Now, they've told him in Cincinnati to slow down um, and, and kind of slow down the process – I think he could maybe have 25 touchdowns, 3,500 yards, maybe a dozen picks. I think that's realistic. I think that they win more games than they did last year. Okay, I really do. But I don't think he blows it up like he did at LSU last year. So 25 to 27 touchdowns and probably 3,500 yards. Yeah, when, when I – when I say something about Joe Burrow, a lot of people think that I'm I'm crushing on his talent, and I'm not. I think he's like I think he's he's obviously a very talented quarterback. We saw that last year with what he did for LSU, breaking every single record that there is. But he he like I, he went to the Bengals, and the Bengals have done. They're just kind of throwing him in there, expecting him to be like the savior of Cincinnati. And I don't think he's going to be. They haven't really touched their offensive line, so he's going to get hit this year. For sure. I mean, he, they haven't really surrounded him. Like, A.J. Green is always a question mark. Tyler Boyd is all right. They don't have Tyler Eifert anymore. 
They've got mm-hmm. T. Higgins, unproven receiver. We don't know what he's going to do in the NFL. He could go in and bust, but he could also go in and be really good. I, I think definitely this year, just because they haven't touched the offensive line, and since that defense isn't very good, I think that Joe Burrow is probably going to struggle this year. And that's not a knock on his yeah. talent. That's just that's just because I, I blame the Bengals for that. Yeah, I, I mean, look, <clears throat> uh, you could be right. I mean, look, you, they didn't have the first overall pick for nothing, okay? So I, you could be right. The thing that I watch out for, though, on their offensive line, they were able to really run the football. I think that quarterback play was a very big detriment to them last year, okay? When you can run the football, but then you can't you, – you're giving up sacks. That's a big – that something's not on there. Something's not right. So – We'll see, but I agree they didn't get a lot of better offensive linemen. We'll, we'll, we'll see from what Joe Burrow does. I hope he kills it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see him. I love seeing quarterbacks go out there and, I mean, especially rookies, guys that, you know, when Baker Mayfield came in, won the first game for Cleveland and however long it was. Now I don't know how I feel about Baker Mayfield, but we'll give him time. We'll see what he does. But, yeah, you know, like you were saying about the running, about running the, about running the ball, I think that, a lot of that could be credited to Joe Mixon. I mean, he's ridiculously mm-hmm. talented. And, mm-hmm. you know, a guy, he, he, he could be one of those guys who maybe next year he's going to be a free agent. He might leave Cincinnati, see where he can go elsewhere, maybe with a better – just better a better team and just see what he could do, really show what he's worth. Next, mm-hmm. we'll go with the fifth overall pick from Alabama, quarterback Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Do you think he takes the keys from the team this year and leads them to success? Uh, do I think he can lead them to success? Yes. The injuries scared the bejesus out of me. Um, look, man, he's never been a starter for an entire season and not gotten hurt. Okay. Uh, look, a lot of people think about Tua and think of that one half against Georgia, which what, he was phenomenal now. I'm not going to take anything from him. I'm not going to take anything for, away from his talent. But, man, you gotta stay, you, you got to stay healthy. I mean, he's very injury prone. If we're talking about bad teams and bad offensive lines, that might be another one too. Um, I think two is going to do get, uh, do okay. I think that he will do maybe a little bit better than Joe uh, initially, maybe in the short term. Um, but I just don't, you know. Here's another thing that I, I really think about, you know, in these bigger games that two attack by Lewis started, he didn't do well. He had more interceptions than he had touchdowns. But I think that Tua is just so talented, man, and I hope that he can come back. I think that they're going to want to sling the ball all over the place, get the ball out of his hands quick. So he might have a higher completion percentage than than maybe a Joe Burrow, but I don't think he takes the keys this year. I think for a franchise long term he could, but I just don't I don't see next year being very – I think it's going to be a lot of the same with Joe Burrow, maybe a lot of picks and maybe some higher touchdowns, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that Tua, as talented as he is, the injuries do concern me. I mean, he had a similar injury to what Bo Jackson went through that pretty much ended his career. You know, it, it was a serious injury when he went through. When we saw the video of it, it looked bad. But the, you're, you're right. I think that Miami, they also haven't really upgraded their offensive line. I, I do like Devontae Parker. I think that he's a very good receiver for, for Tua to have. But having one receiver isn't going to stop the offensive line from killing him but just not yeah. blocking. And, you know, the the AFC East, they don't have bad defensive lines. I mean, the Jets, they were the second in, in run stopping. The Patriots always have a good defense, and the Bills had a really good defense last year, and they will this year. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Miami. I didn't have them winning too many games. I think I had them going like 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine this year. But I think that 
for the long term, too, it could be a good guy for them if he can stay healthy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. So next up, six overall pick Justin Herbert to the Chargers. I know maybe not this year he might not play, but what do you expect from him going forward? What do you think it might happen this year or the next year? I think that it's very tough to go into that scenario right now. Um, you know, we had a caller call in. He was at a fantasy draft Friday night. He goes, who should I pick? Who should I pick for running back? I think they're going to lean on Cam Akers a lot more. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think that of the rookies, you're going to have to lean on Cam Akers more than you do Herbert. If I'm them, I'm running the football. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're talking about – no, he's with the Rams. That's my fault. Yeah. That's my fault. Uh, why did I say that? Why did but I still, say that? Eckler, anyway. Eckler. Yeah, Eckler is yeah, still – Eckler. Yeah, yeah, that's my bad. Um, well, they're going to have to run the football, period. Okay, yeah. now now Gordon's with Denver now. Okay, so I don't know, man. I mean, you're going to have to run the football. I don't know why. I guess it's too early in the morning. I stayed up too late yeah. watching the UFC. Um, but I don't, I don't – I'm not a fan of Herbert. I think that he's highly inaccurate. I think when you're in the Pac-12 and you can't have you, – you have games where you're highly inaccurate. Look, you played against Auburn with great a great defensive line and you couldn't put up numbers. You couldn't put up numbers. You couldn't score, okay? The fourth team in the SEC West or the third team in the SEC West and you're doing that, now this is the NFL. That defense, they're going to have to lean on that defense a lot. I love Anthony Lynn. I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks yesterday. I love Anthony Lynn. I hope that he does well, but I don't know if I would have made that pick. I'm not a fan. And I know Jonathan Rifkin, who's a part of Landry football, big Oregon duck guy. I just don't see it, man. Not next season. He might have a little bit more success in the short term. He does have Keenan Allen that's there, but, man, God, goodness gracious, I just don't see it. Yeah, so this was actually really interesting to me. The 17th overall pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, what do you expect from wide receiver CeeDee Lamb this year? Greatness. Yeah. Okay. I I think that he's going to be very good. I think that Dak's got a lot to prove. He's going to go out there slinging it. They have, you know, he's going to be the number one guy. I, I mean, look what look what Ceedee Lamb. I mean, he didn't do a lot against LSU last year, but you have two guys that are going to be, you know, NFL talent and and, and Fulton and Stingley, and he was lighting them up, dude. I mean, <laughs> two guys that we would uh, expect to be one that maybe a top five pick and Fulton that got taken by Tennessee. Um, I think he'll be good. The question is, is can't what will Dak do? You can't do a lot when the ball's not there to you. Um, I think he's explosive. I think he's got good hands. I think he runs routes really well. He's his stopping on a dime and just getting up the field is ridiculous. Uh, a lot like Reggie Bush in a way. He just stops. He makes one cut and he's up the field. And before you know it, he's scoring a touchdown. The problem with Ceedee Lamb to me is, is that it, you know. I feel like he takes some plays off, man. Um, I remember watching a couple games, and if he, if he wasn't getting the ball, he was running lazy routes. That's something that he's going to need to work on a little bit, but I expect greatness from him. I think he, I think of all these guys, he's he's tuned to have a breakout season year one. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see the Cowboys having a top three offense next year. I mean, they have Good. all the if, – if Dak really shows up – I mean, Dak hasn't, Dak hasn't had a bad year yet, so I mean, we can't say – I think that the Cowboys are definitely going to have a top five offense, top three, even if all these guys step up. Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper has the potential to be a really, a really good receiver this year. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? Do you double? Do you double Amari? Do you shade the safety over to right. Amari, or do you shade the safety over to Ceedee Lamb? I mean, it's a problem to have. They have a really good offensive line. That's not Dallas's problem. Jacob, as a former center, I mean, look, Frederick. I mean, he's gone. 
when you have to replace that, we saw, look, Tyron Smith, when he leaves, we see the impact. It was a bigger impact when your center wasn't there and making the checks and making the calls. That's the problem that Dak's going to have moving forward. There's no other question about it. I think that he, I mean, that I don't know if I would have taken an offensive lineman knowing that he was going to retire. I don't know that, but CeeDee Lamb's explosive. I think that they're geared to have a really good season. Yeah, and then you shade the safety over to CeeDee Lamb, and you got Michael Gallup over there who's also, I mean, he could definitely do really well this year. It, 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 and then and then here's the thing if if you if you're not in the box you know i don't want to talk about dallas a lot i know this is not going to be you know i don't want to, but what do you do with zeke now do you put guys yeah. in the box do you shade off i mean you have problems now in dallas and it's a good problem to have if you're if you're if you're mike mccarthy yeah and and the defenses in the nfc east are not they're not stellar i mean the giants the eagles and the washington football team all have God, horrible on defense yeah horrible yeah. yeah, outside of the Eagles, which, and I don't think the Eagles' defense is that good either. It's not. It wasn't last year. It certainly yeah. wasn't. I mean, they gave mm-hmm. up a whole lot of points to teams that they probably should. You're about have to make me go up. put money on Dallas here, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I, I love. I think Dallas is good. Dallas and Cleveland are my two. They're my two Ooh. picks this year for. Okay. I think they're going to do really well. I had. I think I had the Browns going like eleven and five. I think they have the possibility to go eleven and five, okay. ten and six, make the playoffs. If this, if, if there's going to be a year to do it, it's this year. They seem they seem to have fixed most of the problems yep. on that team, for sure. Blake, thank you so much for joining me today. Go ahead, promote yourself. Tell us where we can find you all over. Jacob, I really appreciate you, man. You're a rising superstar. Thanks for having me on, <laughs> man. You. you can follow us on Twitter at AYS Sports. That's at AYS Sports on Twitter. You can follow us right here, too. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. And we also have our Facebook page. We're adding some more. A lot of people... Uh, coming to our page too. We're opening up a UFC podcast. You know, last night was huge. It's at RU Serious Sports, at RU Serious Sports. Jacob, thank you very much, my man. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we're going to wrap today from the Hard Count Football Podcast Live. My name is Jacob Charno, and thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. And be sure to go follow me on Twitter at Jacob Charno, Instagram at Hard Count Football, and right here on Twitch with Chris Landry Football. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to Hard Count Football. Join me next Sunday for more exclusive interviews and talk about the top headlines in football.